Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. You can be seated. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. I always say everybody needs at least four crazy friends that believe God. Amen. Amen. When you get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, there ought to be at least someone in your family that thinks you have lost your mind. A guy told me one time, he said, I, I like the way you preach. He said, but I'm really afraid I'd lose my mind. And I said, well, if you knew how little you had to lose, you would let it go. <laughs> lose your mind and get the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. So uh, let me give you some books, CDs, and stuff. Uh, first of all, let me thank Pastor Mark and his wonderful wife. They're just two of the best pastors around. And uh, thank you all so much. Thank you for letting us come and be a part of such a wonderful church and uh, uh, all the ministry of helps. Uh, Y'all worked overtime this week. And, man, it just, um, you know, the Lord is not unrighteous to forget. The Bible says he never forgets when you serve and when you labor. My daddy always said, God pays good overtime. <laughs> Amen. In other words, while you're serving, um, God said, uh, there's, come, there's a reward, a, a recompense, a payday coming to you. And, uh, boy, some of God's paydays are, whoo, Amen. The Lord told me, he said, if you'll serve and you'll be generous in your giving and your serving, he said, I'll do things for you that money could never do for you. I believe God can do some stuff for you that money just can't do for you. Amen. And your family and your life. And so uh, God rewards you abundantly. Uh, what's the scripture in Ruth chapter 2 verse 12? Um uh, the Lord rewards your work and a full recompense be given to you of the Lord under whose wings we have come to trust. Ruth chapter 2. It's a good refrigerator verse, actually. <laughs> or the mirror, where you'll see it a lot. Ruth 2.12. Never forget that God is a rewarder. And he never forgets. Amen. And sometimes if you think he's getting behind, he can catch up real fast. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So thank your pastors and thank all of you the way you serve. And y'all are here and you're smiling and you're organized. Don't you appreciate a church that's organized? Man, things are in order and nice. Uh, I was preaching somewhere in another state. I won't tell you where. But... Um, um, the church was a little bit confusing and a little bit out of order, which it's okay, but I was uh, eating at a local cafe, and I was witnessing to the guy that was waiting on me, so I was witnessing to him about the Lord, and so, you know, I talked to him about following Jesus, you know, and receiving the Lord, and, and, uh, and told him I was speaking at a church, and he said, well, he said, I don't believe in organized religion. <laughs> I said, great, because the church I'm speaking at is very disorganized, <laughs> so you should come and visit. 
<laughs> you didn't know what to say about that. Anyway, let me, let, me, let me give you some books and stuff. All the stuff is half price. And if you can't afford to get something, just get whatever you want. And if I give you something free, you have to read it or listen to it within 30 days. Amen. <laughs> And uh, uh, if you don't, you might miss the rapture. So you don't you get something free, and you need to get after it. Amen. So um, let me give you these books. This one is on the new, the new little book, but it is a powerful little book. And uh, got one of my favorite stories in chapter one about the first man to break the sound barrier. His name was Chuck Yeager. 1947, one of the greatest stories you'll ever read about breaking barriers in your life. So it's a real simple little book, so you might want to get that book. Now, if I have an usher, would you help me give that? If anybody wants that book, raise your hand, and I'll give you that one free. So just go give it to anybody you want to. Yeah, you, yeah keep it if you want, put it in your pocket. All right? <laughs> then this book's called Never Run at Your Giant With Your Mouth Shut. You gotta learn how to talk trash. Come on to the giant. So I'm fixing to tear you up, boy. So uh, this little book, uh, I'll give this to somebody, and I don't, I don't really want to throw it. So maybe you just go down that middle aisle and give it to somebody that you think uh, needs to kill a few giants. And then this book's called The Spirit of Faith, and Joyce Meyer ordered forty thousand copies of this book. It has really helped her a lot. She really struggled with her attitude before she got this book. Uh, and uh, this book's on the spirit of faith, and it says, if you knew what was on the other side of your mountain, you would move it. So you want to give that to somebody over there and uh, raise your hand. This book's called Paul's System of Truth, and I love to study the life of Paul and Paul's System of Truth. Give that to someone over there. This one is called Faith Opens the Door to the Supernatural. Give that to someone in the middle. This book is called God's Extravagant Generosity. Hmm, how to have a whopper of a harvest. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. All right. So give out to somebody on that side over there. This book's called The Secret Power of Joy. All right. Man, if you only knew what happens in the spirit when you rejoice, you would rejoice every day. This, this book is called um, God's Healing Word. And this is Trina's book. And you can get it in... Uh, perfect bound or you can get in spiral bound Trina was healed 25 years ago of a brain tumor and uh, we at the hospital the doctors diagnosed her with a brain tumor and then he said it's inoperable there's we can just do experimental surgery on her and he said and she'll be paralyzed for the rest of her life that's a bad bad report and so he told me everything that she would look like and what she would be able to do and not be able to do and uh, we just took God's healing word. Amen. And Trina got a hold of that word. So instead of asking God to heal you, instead of believing God can heal you, instead of even believing God wants to heal you, learn how to take the word by prescription, like medicine. So I don't know who to give that to. Maybe you know who to give that to. That's a lady on the second row. Uh, he, he just overlooked you, right? So you need to holler. All right. 
Uh, this book took me about 20 years to put it together and about $100,000. This is scriptures in 121 different translations. Like King James, Amplified, Living Bible, Weast, Weymouth, 121 different translations on these subjects, on redemption, prayer, righteousness, divine healing, uh, finances, love, joy, peace. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, there's nothing I know of that's really like this. And so if you love to study the Word, it just gets in the King James. Then you go to uh, whatever scripture on redemption or on the authority of the believer or on faith and compares wherever the translations are different. So I want to give this to, oh, you want that one? The lady right behind you. See that lady? <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you one too. If you want, I'll give you one too. All right. And this is one of my favorites called The Greatest Confession and that Jesus is Lord. There's something about that confession that Jesus is Lord and holding fast to that confession that lets the devil know that he can no longer dominate you. And sin cannot dominate you. And sickness cannot dominate you. Because Jesus has set you free and he's your Lord. Hold fast to that. So this is called get a grip on your lip. And there's uh, three messages on the confession. So give that somebody over there. And this one's called the new. Give that somebody over there. And this one here, Caleb, give it somebody. This is called God's extravagant generosity. This is called words that move mountains. And this one is called... Play for Dallas Cowboys, huh? Dallas Cowboys. All right. And this is called <laughs> uh, Winning uh, in Heaven's Courtroom. Trina's teaching on prayer. So give that somebody. Praise the Lord. All right. Everybody got something, right? And uh, I want uh, my wife to come up here and uh, sing or prophesy or preach or whatever. Woman, thou art loose, you know. God said the sons and the daughters will prophesy so amen go ahead we were at one church and a lady did a cartwheel i'm not going to try that <laughs> amen wow isn't the presence of the lord so sweet tonight wow you know last night i just want to commend you on your uh, spirit of worship and praise in this place excellence in music it's just beautiful so many different people your son got up there my goodness and your daughter you guys have the greatest pastors come on let's just give them a hand wow. <laughs> and something's really special about them they know my aunt but she's in heaven now but anyway glory it's good to be here and the presence of God is so real and um, we were singing those songs. I think content of the song is so amazing and helping us to see what God wants us to see in music. And um, just think about what we just sang. How great is our God. Sing with me how great. All the world will see how great is our God. While we were singing last night and tonight, I just feel we're just right before the throne. And when you start praising, you, it's like you start down at the bottom step, take another step up while you're praising. Because your mind gets tuned in with God. What he's thinking. He's here. He's 
talking. He's doing stuff. Then you take another step up, up, up. Just like they did in the Old Testament Psalms of Ascent that bring you right up to the presence of the Lord. Amen. And then that last song, our champion. Wow, he fights for us. Woo! Hallelujah. He's overcome. He's won. And he still intercedes for us. What a mighty Jesus we have. Glory to God. Can we just say praise God for a moment? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And while we praise him and while we acknowledge him, he shows up and he manifests. And I just know he's doing all kinds of things tonight. Praise the Lord. But he brings us to a place of revelation. What is revelation? It's not reserved for, you know, Brother Higgin or your pastors only. Every person in the body of Christ, Jesus said, you get eyes, you can see the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So that means you can see what God's doing. You can see the things in the spirit. You can see spiritually. We're not in the dark. And what is that? That's a, that's a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And that's God. Ooh, so excited. What are we going to see tonight? Hallelujah. But one thing you do when you see, it's for the purpose. You're not just supposed to just see and say, wow, that was amazing. But it's for a purpose because when you see something, then you can say something. Right? And what did we learn? In the Word of Faith message, we're the body of Christ, and Jesus has given us his, his authority. Mark eleven twenty three, he said, you speak to the mountain. You say, you say, you say, it shall come to pass. What is that? That is a believer's authority. Those are the keys Jesus gave you. And I believe the body of Christ is having a breakthrough in revelation of this truth. Again. Amen. We need it. Praise God. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the... Say it out loud, though. Look at your neighbor and say it. We'll make everybody move your mouth. You know, when you get on the airplane and you're sitting in an exit row, the steward or stewardess comes along and they say, are you willing and able to open this, you know, way of escape, you know, in case of emergency? You cannot sit there and go. They say, no, I need a verbal response. Amen. We need a verbal response. Amen. Your mountain, like Mark says, needs to hear your voice. So that's my preface for this song we're going to do because y'all are going to sing along again. Okay, okay, and this song, I love it, it's called Prophesied, just plant shakers, and um, I like these words, it says, breaking off every chain and the fear that held me, I refuse to agree with the lies they told me, the devil's a liar, I take up my position Where are you? In Christ, far above, seated. Speak to all my 
condition. Thank you for filling in the blank. Take the authority you've won for me. Woo! If he did all that work, if he's our champion, let's take the authority he gave you. Amen. And then the word of the Lord in my mouth to bring about a change. Full of your power, I step out, declare aloud your praise. I prophesy. I prophesy. Right? Say, I prophesy. I prophesy. Yeah. All right. You got it. The word of the Lord's where? In your mouth. When I had an inoperable brain tumor, the word of the Lord got in my mouth. It's got to go. Mark spoke to it. It's got to go. And then the praise of the Lord got in my mouth. Hallelujah. Aha. And then on the way to the operating room, on the operating table, I laughed. The laugh of the Lord got in my mouth. <laughs> hallelujah. And when they operated, hallelujah, that thing had a meltdown. I don't know where it went, but it was gone. Hallelujah. So we do our part and God does his part. Praise God and things change. Hallelujah. How many ready for some change tonight? Yeah. Okay, get up on your feet. Amen. We're going to start this song. Kick it up really loud and fill the room with music. And we're going to sing, okay? Ready? All right, we're going to prophesy. Say, I prophesy. Yeah. The word of the Lord's in my mouth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, your praise is in your mouth. Praise is in your mouth. Oh, mountains falling down. <laughs> Come on and just praise God. Let the word of God be living in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ha <laughs> ha. Ha ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Keep on, keep on, keep on. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. For the word of the Lord in his mouth becomes the word of the Lord in your mouth. So the mountain that you're facing, oh, ha, 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 it's got to move. Ha, ha, because it's not just you, it's the Lord speaking through you. And as you declare it aloud, you will azebraka today. And angels in And he will lift up oreka sholeba. And he will put down a And you will see. Uh, so as you lift as you lift up your voice and declare the word of the Lord a voice of authority and a voice of the word and a voice of faith and it shall cause angels to be sent on assignment and heaven shall open and work in your behalf if you'll dare to lift up your voice. And as you dare to speak and declare, you'll find that hindrances and mountains shall be removed. And you'll find that you will see the goodness of God and the things that you have desired, they shall come to pass. For even now, you are on the edge of going through into a new door and a greater door. 
and into greater blessing than you have ever seen before. So therefore, do not be silent, but lift up your voice and lift it up in the morning and lift it up in the evening, and you'll find that new things shall spring forth and the goodness of God shall be in demonstration, and I'll make you a sign and a wonder even to those in your own family and to those around you of the goodness of God. So you must not be silent, but lift your voice with a voice of authority and a voice of praise and a voice of thanksgiving and you'll find all of heaven and all of heaven's resources will be made available to you. Praise you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Supernatural. 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 For the supernatural, the supernatural, the supernatural, and you'll contend for those things of the Spirit and contend for those things of the word and you'll declare for the goodness and the glory of God. So you will literally open the door to the supernatural and you'll find the things of heaven and the goodness of God shall be in manifestation in your life. For there are things that you have been waiting on for many years and now is the season for you to enter into those things. So the enemy has fought you on this side and on that side and tried to block and tried to hinder but now with a voice of faith and a voice of authority then you will resist the enemy and he will run from you so therefore your voice a voice of faith declaring the power of God and the goodness of God and the blood of Jesus shall cause the enemy to be put to flight. So things that have hindered you, those things have already begun to turn in your favor. So do not be silent, but in your house, in your car, lift your voice and magnify the Lord, for there is authority and there is victory in your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 For the realm of the Spirit is Ebro Costa Lavieto, and all a cadebro Cosherahase, Estamokelemate, Obre Cassay. So be filled, Ebest and Alambri, Epocoyebaha de Lomusia, Ebotekina, Ate, Ustumela Kerobo. For the realm of the Spirit is not that far away. And the things of the goodness of God and the provision of God are not far from you. They're as close as your own mouth and your own words. So therefore recognize the authority that is yours and lift your voice. For there are things that are close to you now in this season and they've never been closer than they are now. So do not draw back and do not look back but boldly enter in. For the things of the spirit are not difficult 
they're not even hard to understand. For I'll make it so simple and clear to you, and you'll make an adjustment in this area, and then you'll make a simple adjustment in that area, and you'll find the goodness of God will come flooding in, and the glory of God will be in manifestation. So therefore, the adjustments and the teaching and the things that I have taught you and instructed you now shall come in a new light and a new understanding and the eyes of your heart and you'll say oh I see how that works and you'll cooperate and open the door and the things of the spirit and the things of God shall become more uh, manifested in your life and a demonstration of the spirit so open your mouth wide and I will fill it saith the Lord open your mouth wide open your mouth wide for the latter rain. Now, that's some more there. That I got over into that. So if you want to give that, we'll finish. Open your mouth wide. Ha, ha, ha. And for the flood of Osiama to be to the car. Well, who am I So open your mouth wide. And I will fill it, saith the Lord. Open your mouth wide to drink deeply from the things of the Spirit. And open your mouth wide for the latter rain to be able to receive the things that I have prepared for you in this hour. So open your mouth wide with great expectation, declaring and even calling things which be not as though they were. Open your mouth wide and declare the word of the Lord, for I will do things beyond what you can even ask or think by my power working in you. So do not be uh, do not be silent and do not just speak of small things. I will do mighty things. So open your mouth wide and declare the word of the Lord and I will go before you and I will make the crooked things straight and the darkness light before you for you've entered in to a new season and you'll go into new territory so open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Got it. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, lift your hands up. Open your mouth wide. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Ha ha. Taste and see, ha ha. Oh, taste and see, ha ha. Taste and see, Shulamande de Kizibro Katavase de Debra, and Alacate de Kistarabo, for the spirit is Jumenda Barrecolobore, Hisakala, Hisalacayome, indeed. Ah, so taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and receive from his presence for the glory of God is even here now and the presence of God is here now so receive and yield to the Holy Spirit for he will take the things that you have been believing and things that are promised to you and he will make that real to you so you will personally see and know and enter into the realm of revelation so you'll see 
you'll know and there'll be fresh revelation and a fresh anointing and you'll no longer say well I don't know and I don't know you'll say now I do know for the Lord has given me revelation and he's shown me exactly what to do and as you lift up your voice then you'll enter into that realm of revelation and it'll cause your faith to come up to a higher level and you'll be able to receive those things that you have not been able to receive before all right hallelujah got that well lift up your voice and thank the lord for that praise god glory thank you jesus thank you lord jesus thank you jesus thank you lord jesus glory to god praise the lord thank you lord open your mouth wide and just receive the lord i receive your word i receive from your presence i receive glory to god glory to god i just hear the holy ghost say he's heard jesus and the father they've heard your cries mm. they've heard your prayers <laughs> mm. and they've sent the answer and they're bringing you understanding mm. like you've never known so you can mm. walk in the Amen. fullness of every answer to prayer and so you will no longer but oh you will step into uh, for you'll no longer continue in the same little circle or phase of blessing that you have been in. For there is a larger and a greater circle and another phase of blessing, even another measure of anointing that you have not walked in before. And now you'll enter into that fresh anointing and a greater measure of that anointing for i'll teach you the way of the lord more accurately and the spirit of god shall give you understanding in these things and you'll understand and know the will of god and you'll walk in the light of his plan and purpose and you'll more accurately be in a place of obedience and you'll be more accurately and so you'll receive the things you haven't been able to receive before yeah more accurately than walk circles amen i lift your hands up and thank the lord again thank you lord bless the lord hallelujah that that's what that scripture um see that you walk circumspectly before the lord ephesians five fifteen. circumspectly means to be uh accurate more accurate walk circumspect before the Lord in other words you're more accurate in understanding who you are the call of God and your steps will be more accurate and so you'll be not just in a permissive area but you'll enter into the perfect will of God for your life amen amen and uh, you'll be more accurate in what he's called you to do in his will for your life amen ha 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 I just hear the words, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You know, take his yoke and it's easy. It's, let's just say, I take the yoke of Jesus and it's easy. His burden is light. I'm yoked up with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
And there's uh, many pastors and ministers here that that word was for them to enter another phase of the call and the will of God for their life into a larger uh, influence and where the enemies tried to hinder or even embarrass now those strategies will be put to flight and they'll run and you'll go forward with the will of God and the word of God amen go ahead and laugh about that a minute uh -huh. I get all that <laughs> praise the Lord let's pray together lift your voice and father God we thank you for the Holy Ghost Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost, that we yield ourselves to be filled, saturated, filled, flooded with the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost working in us. All the good work you've begun, you bring to full completion. Thank you, Lord, for your great mercy, your great grace, your patience in working with us year after year. And now we remember not the former things, but we're going into the new, into new things, new territory by the blood of Jesus. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, you can sit down if you want to. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow, isn't it great to get to go to church on uh, Thursday night, man? I mean... <clears throat> Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> now, um, my spiritual father was a man by the name of Kenneth E. Hagan, as well as my dad, and as well as Trina's dad. And I began to listen to Kenneth Hagan when I was eight years old. And he would come to my dad's church and would stay for two or three weeks and teach. Well, I didn't start paying attention until I was 17. <laughs> and my dad and four deacons came and got me out of jail. 17. My dad was the pastor, so I got out of jail. And my story was that uh, Jesus loved the hell out of me. That was my story. Because I went to church and my daddy tried to preach the hell out of me and... Uh, I went to jail, they tried to rehabilitate the hell out of me. Went to school, they tried to educate the hell out of me. Went home again, my daddy tried to beat the hell out of me. And, uh, but I went to Jesus and he loved the hell right out of me. So at 17 years old, I got a revelation of the love of God. Amen. And then Dad Hagen came and taught on Mark 11:23, And that was one of the biggest changes in my life at 17. So he told me two things, number one, about faith, and number two, about the Ephesians 1 prayer. So we're going to look at those two things tonight, and the way I travel around sometimes, I only have a couple of meetings, so I don't even know what I'm going to preach on until I come stand up here. So this is it for tonight, praise the Lord. So Mark 11, 22, 23, and then we'll go to Ephesians 1. And uh, you could connect Mark 11, 22, 23 to 2 Corinthians 4, 13. So we're going to look at those scriptures on faith. And probably one of the greatest changes in my life was when Dad Hagen came and just taught on the subject of faith. Just taught on faith. And it's funny, I really thought I knew a lot about it. Because I grew up in church, a lot of teaching, preaching on faith. But I really didn't understand as much as I thought I did. So in um, 
2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul said we have the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. And he said, I believe and therefore I speak. He said, according as it is written, I believe, I speak. He said, we also believe and we speak. So that's pretty simple, isn't it? He said, the spirit of faith really has two ingredients. I believe and I speak. 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 Amen. So that's not real difficult, is it? Matter of fact, just about anybody could do that. I believe and I speak. Amen. In other words, uh, I'm the believer. God's the performer. Here's the way Dad Hagen taught it to us and helped me. He said, believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. So he said, if you're tired of natural results and you want supernatural results, he said, believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. I believe and I speak. So believing is the attitude of faith and speaking is the initial act of faith. The initial and the continual act of faith. In other words, your faith must be strong enough to move your mouth before it will move a mountain. All right, go to Mark 11, 22, 23 real quickly here. Here's what Jesus said about faith. How many think he might be expert? Amen. Here's what Jesus said about faith, Mark 11, 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Amen. And so he literally is encouraging people have faith in God. But he's literally uh, instructing them based on he had just spoken to the fig tree. When he spoke to the fig tree, then the disciples said, Lord, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> they said, Lord, look at that tree. You didn't cut it, didn't kick it. You just talked to it. And then Jesus said, have faith in God. In other words, what Jesus did was not a deity trick. In other words, Jesus could have said, when they said, Lord, look, the way you spoke to that fig tree, he could have said, I'm Jesus and you're not. <laughs> or he could have said, that's a deity trick that I learned in heaven. And no earthling should try this, because if you get it wrong, it'll blow the lips right off your face. <laughs> Instead, Jesus said, what I just did, anybody can do that. All right, let's try that one more time. He said, he said what I just did, anybody can do that. Amen. And then Jesus said, and it'll not only work on a tree, he said it'll work on a mountain. So Jesus explained the authority that every believer has in Mark eleven twenty three, And he makes it so simple, you actually need a theologian to get confused about it. <laughs> Jesus said, whosoever shall say. So the first thing Jesus said about faith is the saying part. Whosoever shall say 
shall this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So tonight we want to look at this one part of faith on the saying part. Amen. On he shall have whatsoever he saith. So Jesus said, whosoever shall have whatsoever. In other words, faith works the same for everybody and it works the same on everything. Amen. Whosoever shall have whatsoever. Now listen to what Smith Wigglesworth said. Smith Wigglesworth in his little book called Ever Increasing Faith. And I was just 17 years old. And man, I'm, I'm studying about faith. And I found out when Jesus said, whosoever shall have whatsoever. And Dad Hagen's teaching on that subject of faith. And I'm like, wow. And so Dad Hagen said, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. Well, I was only 17, and I wasn't happy. So he said, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. Hmm. Check out what you've been saying. In other words, I was only 17. You don't have to wait till you're 40 to be unhappy. You don't even have to wait till you're married to be unhappy. You don't have to wait till you're rich to be unhappy. You know, there's plenty of rich people that are very unhappy. Just as unhappy on the rich side of town as they are on the poor side of town. In other words, I was 17. He said, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. Now, here's the way the Lord said it to me. He said, if I would have added two words to the end of Mark 11:23, everybody would be great faith champions. I said, what two words? He said, if I would have said in church at the end of Mark 11:23." That whosoever shall have whatsoever he saith in church. He said, if I would have said that, then all believers would be great faith champions. Because most people can control their mouth for about an hour and a half while they're in church. <laughs> he said, but it's not just what you say in church that determines what you have in life. Sometimes it's what you say after church. Or what you say at your own house. And then also the Lord said to me, um, sometimes if you're silent, you can lose by default. In other words, if he said you have what you say, that means if you're silent in some areas, then that means you're not going to enjoy blessing in that area. And then Jesus said, whosoever shall say, simply meaning that he never mentioned uh, clapping there. Now, that means this. You cannot substitute clapping for lifting your voice. You can clap if you want to. Nothing wrong with that. But Jesus never said, whosoever shall clap at this mountain, you know, then if you'll clap at it, then he'll... Actually, not one time in the New Testament does it even emphasize clapping. But we kind of like to do that. It makes you happy. So we're not going to take that away from you. But... You cannot allow 
You're clapping, come on, to be a substitute for your voice. Because it is your voice that gives you authority. And while Jesus is teaching on faith, he literally is taking the victim out of your voice. What does that mean? Well, if you knew what I've been through, you know, wow, I am I. When you have a spirit of faith, it takes the victim out of your voice. It'll take the complaining out of your voice. It'll take the whine out of your voice. Sometimes even people confess the word with a little bit of whine. They're like, my God, she has to plow all of my meat. Gordon Henrik. <laughs> so the spirit of faith will take that whine out of your voice and will put victory in your voice now many years ago I was uh, preaching in Arizona and the pastor wanted to take me coyote hunting well I've been deer hunting bear hunting you know elk hunting moose hunting and so I like hunting but I've never been coyote hunting so he said I'm going to take you coyote hunting so I said Great. So we got up real early in the morning, you know, before the sun comes up. And so uh, he immediately, you begin to put on all the camo, camouflage stuff, right? So we got camouflage clothes and camouflage boots and camouflage gloves, camouflage hat. Then you had camouflage glasses with a net on it, you know, on your face. And then um, I had a pistol, you know, in case uh, whatever got past the rifle. Then I had a cam camouflage rifle. Everything was camouflage, right? And then I put the paint on my face. So I was trying to talk to the Lord, and he said, where are you? I said, I'm right here. <laughs> so anyway. So I'm all camo, right? <laughs> so, so I go out with this pastor before the sun comes up. So he's telling me about coyotes, right? He said, man, the coyotes, they'll sneak in there. And so uh, I didn't know. I'd never been a coyote hunt. And so uh, we got in this bush, you know, before the sun came up. And then we put a camo net around the bush. <laughs> so, right, the sun starts coming up. And this pastor begins to call the coyotes. Well, I didn't know how you call coyotes. But the way you call a coyote is you make a wounded rabbit sound. I didn't know that. Actually, you can Google that, and they'll show you what it sounds like. So, uh, uh, wounded rabbit sound, right? Well, I never heard a wounded rabbit. So, um, we're in the bush. Sun's coming up, and this pastor, grown man, and I found out later he had actually won contests. He was actually a champion coyote caller. I thought he's got a little too much time on his hands, but anyway, so. He's got this little doodad. He puts his hands up to his mouth, and he starts to call the coyotes. Do you know what a wounded rabbit sounds like? Yeah. All right. All right. So he puts his hands in his mouth, and he goes like this. He goes, <laughs> So with a great sense of humor that I have, I was laughing, right? I'm like, <laughs> so he does this like over and over, right? And then he has a little cassette player that he plays the wounded rabbit sound on the cassette player. And we're in the bush, right? 
And he's telling me, watch out for the coyotes. They'll come right in here, you know, in the bush. And so I told him, I said, if, if one comes in this bush, there will be some shooting, I can tell you that. They will not find us dead and say he never got a shot off. So I'm going to tell you, there will be some shooting. So I'm going to encourage you to get down if a coyote comes in. <laughs> so we're there. Sun's coming up, right? Hours of this. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. We never even saw no coyote. So after hours of this, I'm sitting there in the bush, and I said, Lord, please, please teach me something from this experience. And so the Lord started talking to me. He said, you know, when you make a wounded rabbit sound, coyotes come in to eat. He said, and whenever you whine and complain and talk lack, devils listen to that and they come in to destroy you. Dad Hagen even said, never talk lack. It will actually keep money from coming to you. He said, always say the money will come. Or say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I do not lack for ability, I do not lack for opportunity, and I never lack for money. I never lack for money. He said, say that. So, if there's one sound that activates the devil, the Lord said, there's another sound of faith. That when you lift up your voice in faith, then angels come on assignment. Come on, and heaven responds when you lift up your voice in faith. Amen. Now, in my family, uh, my dad, my older brother, my younger brother, and my son all have the same voice. And so you could hear a different one, and you wouldn't even know which one was talking. And so we all have the same voice. It runs in the family. Genetic, that sound, right? And so um, my, my older brother pastors in Dallas, so one day I called up there to talk to my older brother. Well, as soon as I was on the phone, the secretary thought I was him. She thought I was the pastor, right? And so I said, uh, she said, oh, Pastor Mike. I said, well, I'm, you know, Mark, but this is a great opportunity, so. <laughs> so. She thought I was my older brother. So I said, you know, I said, you know, my younger brother, Mark, he has been a great blessing in my life. I'd like to express that to him in a tangible way. To go ahead and send him a check for $10,000. She says, oh, when would you like for me to do that? I said, right away, immediately. Get that in the mail. <laughs> then I said, I'm just kidding. This is Mark. <laughs> but my voice gave me access to his checking account. And your voice gives you access to heaven's checking account. I said, your voice. I said, your voice. I said, your voice. So Jesus said, 
Whosoever shall say. Whosoever shall say. And here's the way Smith Wigglesworth said it. He said, any person can be changed by faith no matter how they may be fettered. You know, the word fettered is the old English word for bound. So he said, any person can be changed by faith no matter how they may be bound. That means the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. Praise the Lord. I said the devil cannot make a bondage. In other words, you may be dealing with a physical thing, a mental thing, an emotional thing, or a financial thing, but he said literally, whosoever shall have whatsoever. So when Jesus said to have faith in God, there's actually five times, including that, have faith in God. And Romans 3.25 says to have faith in the blood of Jesus. To have faith in the blood of Jesus means I believe and I speak. To have faith in, uh, the scripture says, the name of Jesus, Acts 3.16. His name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong and given him perfect soundness. Acts 3.16. You know John 3.16, but here's Acts 3.16. His name. The name of Jesus, through faith in his name, made this man strong. And the faith which is by him has given him perfect soundness. When you have faith in the name, and you say, in the name, I believe and I speak. In the name of Jesus, right now, perfect soundness in my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet right now in my mind and in my life in the name of jesus come on you might even feel weak but you say in the name of jesus through faith in his name he makes me strong there's something about that name faith in the blood come on faith in the name and then it says in first corinthians chapter 2 to have faith in the power of God. Or he's talking about the Holy Spirit. All right, listen close. He's talking about the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. So your faith would be in the power of God. Here's the way Dad Hagen said it. He said, many times we talk about having faith in God. He said, have you ever thought about having faith in the God that lives in you? All right, well, let's try that one more time. Because we're thinking having faith in God. And he says, when really the Spirit of God lives in you, have faith, come on, in the Holy Ghost, living on the inside of you. So believe and speak and say, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of me. And he quickens my body right now. Go ahead and laugh about that. Come on now. The same Spirit. That raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me. And he quickens and gives life to my blood, my bones, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. The Spirit of God. He lives in me. 
In other words, this is not going to be some long distance thing. He's like, I'm right here. Praise the Lord. Come on, no matter what you're facing. You know, Yogi Cho from Sokari, he said, uh, some people read the Bible in Greek, some read it in Hebrew. He said, I read it in the Holy Spirit. He said, Holy Spirit, come on, let's read the Word. Amen. So, have faith in God, faith in the blood, faith in the name, right? Faith in the power of God. And then Hebrews chapter 4 says, you are to mix faith with the Word of God. So faith, mix faith, right? So that means I believe and I speak. In other words, you've got to keep your speaker connected to your believer. And when you believe and speak, it opens the door to the supernatural. All right, let me give you this illustration real quickly here. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's just taking a little bit longer, but some of y'all are listening slow, so I'm going to stick with you. All right? So this. I believe and I speak, right? So Jesus said, whosoever shall say to the mountain. Aha. Say to the mountain. In other words, believe, say to the mountain. But your faith is in who? God. So believing and speaking opens the door. So here's the way the Lord explained it to me. Because when Trina had the brain tumor, the doctor said she'll be paralyzed. So I just went into her hospital room, stood at the end of the bed, and I said, Mr. Tumor, I would like to talk to you. We've been talking about you, but now I'm fixing to talk to you. In other words, he said, you talk to the mountain, which means that's the authority you have. Amen. You dial up 1-800-MOUNTAIN. But for most people, it's a local call. So you say to the mountain. You say, which one should I start on? Whichever one's closest to you right now. I say to the mountain, be removed. And cast into the sea. What does that mean? Here's the way the Lord said to me. He said, don't just move it to your neighbor's yard. He said, be removed and cast into the sea. Means the sea has the capacity to receive the mountain, dissolve the mountain, and that means it will not come back. All right, listen now. He said, you say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. And he said, and it will be dissolved. It will not come back. And then he said, and there will be no evidence it was ever there. All right, now listen. Some of the things you're facing right now, come on, in the next 12 months, there will be no evidence you ever had that problem. Woo! Come on now, we're talking about. Ha 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 ha! 
Come on. You have to look back and tell people, I used to have that problem, but I have authority as a believer, and that mountain has been removed. Woo! Glory to God! Now go ahead and laugh for me and say, ha oh. Uh, let me finish this now. So, here's a brain tumor, right? Hmm. Here's the way the Lord said it to me. He said, your faith may not prevent all mountains, but it will move all mountains. You know what that means? Never be embarrassed that you're facing a mountain. And spend so much time trying to figure out how it got there. All right, let's try this side over here. In other words, I'm going to have a mountain. I don't want to have a mountain. I wasn't planning on having no mountain. I don't want to have no mountain. Why me, Lord? What did I ever do to have a mountain? So he said, (laughs) he just said, move it, man, move it. He just said, move it. All right, now listen. So again, I'm 17. I'm just learning, right? And then the Lord said to me, he said, the authority of the believer is not just available as an accessory. Like, if you would like, you could add this to your Christianity. If you would like to maybe add it as an accessory chrome rims or something like that, you know, (laughs) spotlights on the front of the truck. In other words, this is some sort of, he said, no, no. He said, the the authority of the believer is not just available. He said, it is absolutely necessary. In other words, you will have to exercise your authority. And your words will give you dominion over demons, over the torment of the enemy in your mind. Come on now. It affects your body or your health, your words. Now, some people don't like this message too much. And so, you know, I went to a Bible college for four years, and so they had to fight it all the time. So, you know, I had a great time uh, discussing Debates, many debates, right? All right. So when it comes to the authority of the believer, Jesus said you have what you say. What you say, all right? So in 1977, I think it was, I went to hear Yonggi Cho, who pastored the largest church in the world. So I went to hear Yonggi Cho. And uh, Seoul, Korea, largest church in the world, right? 1977. Well, at that time, we all went to hear him because we were all American pastors. And so he taught on the power of your words. And he had 50,000 people in his church. All right. Well, then I heard him again about 30, 35 years later, and he taught the same message. But he had a million people in his church. So the message didn't change, just the application changed.
Come on, things you've learned are fixing to come into application in a whole new dimension of blessing in your life. So I'm listening to Pastor Cho, and he's teaching, and here's what he said. He said he was eating with a leading neurosurgeon in Seoul, Korea, the leading brain surgeon, neurosurgeon. He said, I'm eating lunch with him. And the leading neurosurgeon said, we have a new discovery in the study of the brain. A new discovery. He said, we have discovered that the speech center in the brain exercises dominion over the whole central nervous system. He said, so when we're doing surgery on somebody, he said, while we're there, we're doing surgery. We can probe different parts of the brain and different parts of the body will respond. He said, but when you probe the speech center, the whole body responds. So we have a new discovery, and that is the speech center exercises dominion over the whole body and the whole central nervous system. He's explaining this to Pastor Cho. Pastor Cho says, oh, I know this long time. <laughs> Neurosurgeon says, how you know long time? <laughs> this new discovery. <laughs> Pastor Cho says, from Dr. James. Neurosurgeon says, who Dr. James? <laughs> Pastor Cho says, Dr. James, New Testament. <laughs> Dr. James, New Testament, the tongue, tiny member, control whole body. So if you don't like Mark eleven twenty three, turn to Dr. James. Because we have located the problem. And it's right underneath your nose. And it's not just what you say in church. Woo! Praise the Lord. All right. So, that Hagen's teaching about this. So, when you see the mountain, I had a brain tumor there. Trina's in my wife, right? All right. So, I speak to the brain tumor. Here's the way the Lord said it to me. He said, there's no pressure on you to make it happen. He said, matter of fact, you don't even have to make an ugly face. <laughs> That's easier for some of us than others. But anyway, so let me go over here by Pastor Daniel while I'm saying that. But anyway, so he said, in other words, there's no pressure on you to make it happen. You're just the believer. God's the performer. Right? So he said, believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. Y'all still here? So here's the mountain. When I believe and speak, I open the door. And I say, mountain, I'd like to introduce you to God. It's not my job to move the mountain. It's just my job to arrange the introduction. <laughs> 
So I say, mountain. Looks impossible. And I say, mountain, I'd like for you to meet Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. And when I open the door, God comes right through that open door. <laughs> Woo, glory. Or when it comes to faith in the blood of Jesus. And you're facing something that looks impossible. That the devil tells you that situation in your life will always be there. And will have you remembering, come on, and feeling all those situations that have come because of something you did, come on, or something that happened. But when you believe and speak the blood of Jesus, when you open that door, whoo, Jesus took his blood into heaven and obtained eternal redemption for us. But that blood reaches your heart. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Or what the blood does in heaven, the Holy Spirit does in your heart. So the moment you believe and speak, you may not feel forgiven. You may not feel righteous. You may not feel blessed. Come on now. But faith will come first and then the feeling will have to show up later. So when I believe and speak, I declare I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin, from all unrighteousness. Listen, and the blood reaches into your conscience and silences the voice of self-condemnation and removes the stain of sin and the guilt of sin, and the shame of sin. So when you believe and speak now through faith in the blood, number one, I believe. All right, now let's cover this real quickly here. Now, we all know so much about faith. I mean, I've got Caleb here, my son-in-law, and he's got uh, five kids, and my son has uh, three, and so he's got five. So one of them, uh, Gavin, I have a lot of illustration about Gavin. I don't know why, but anyway... um, we have a swimming pool at our house, and so I make sure all the grandkids get swimming lessons. So I make sure they all get swimming lessons. And so I send them swimming lessons. I'm paying for swimming lessons. And we got a fence around the pool, but I want to make sure they can all swim. So they go to swimming lessons, and then I watch because there's a shallow end of the pool. Then there's a deep end of the pool. And I watch. I watch them play. <laughs> I've been watching them before. Kids will be in the house. And I say, now, you watch your own kids, right? They're swimming right now. And some of them swim better than others. Right? So one day we were standing out by the pool. Gavin had just got his swimming lesson. So Gavin comes up and he's standing by Caleb. We happen to be out by the, the uh, diving board by the deep end of the pool. So uh, Gavin says, Poppy. Poppy, I can swim now. I can swim. I said, that's good, Gavin. I'm glad you can swim. But, you know, I wasn't sure about it. So then Caleb walks up and he says, that's right, Poppy. That Gavin, he can really swim. I said, is that right? Well, we happen to be standing by the deep end. (laughs) 
So I just grabbed Gavin and threw him in the deep end, just like that. So Caleb gave me that look like. So I didn't ask for permission, you know. I just grabbed Gavin, threw him in the deep end, and I said, show Poppy how you can swim. Boop. And I put him in the deep end. Anybody want to know what happened? He sunk. And you could see him sinking. He was just sinking. And he was making swimming motions. But he was still sinking. So I looked at Caleb. I said, if I was you, I would jump in there and save him. <laughs> so I got his phone. He jumps in, pulls Gavin out. I said, now I told you he can't swim. Now you take him back to swimming lesson and there will be another test. <laughs> Why? Because I don't want that to happen when I'm not around. Y'all still here? And so a lot of times people you teach on faith and they're like, oh yeah, I, can. I got that faith. I know about that faith stuff. <laughs> Come on. Then they'll hit the deep end or something and they're like, oh God. Come on. And they're making faith motions, but they're still going in there. Oh, yes, God. And so God will pull you out and say, you're going back to lesson. And there will be another test. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. But what used to sink you in the next 12 months will not sink you because God come on is giving you some more lessons right now ha, ha, ha. and your faith come on I said your faith is changing your world and your life your faith in God ha ha <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, years ago, I was watching, uh, you know, the best golfer in the world. Now, I personally don't like golf at all, so please forgive me if you like golf. I mean, my son is a great golfer, but I really despise golf. Everything about golf is like, why? You can't even watch it and stay awake. You're like, oh. Like, who made this up anyway? Like, I'm from Texas, you know. We, we like sports that make you bleed. I mean, we don't like golf. I mean, if you ain't bleeding, you ain't playing. So, so we're watching. My son loved golf, so we're watching the best golfer in the world, right? And so uh, he's fixing to make a putt, you know. He's going to do a putt, million-dollar putt, you know. He's on the green. Right? And I'm like, uh, get on with it, would you? You know, let's get on. <laughs> and he's walking all around. He's like walking around. Yeah. <laughs> I said, just put the ball, would you? <laughs> so the hole is over here. 
And he's fixing the putt, right? So we're watching him. He's fixing the putt. And he does a practice swings. He's like. So I'm like, please, I got time to go get some ice cream or something by the time he's putt. So the hole was over here. And finally he putts. And when he putted, he putted the wrong way. So he puts the ball that way. And I'm laughing out loud. I said, look at that. He can't even put the ball in the right direction. It took him all that time, and he putted the ball over there. I'm just laughing. But I kept watching. And the ball turned and turned and turned and went right in the hole. And he went. And I went, how did that happen? Because from where I was, I could not see that he was putting uphill. Or I couldn't see the trajectory necessary for going uphill and the right speed to get to that destination at home. I said, how did he do that? And the Lord said to me, he said, do you believe I could putt as good as he can? I said, I don't know, probably. He said, then don't get upset when it looks like I'm putting you in the wrong direction. Because if you'll keep believing and speaking, it may look like you're going the wrong direction, but things will turn and they'll turn and they'll turn and I'll get you in the right place at the right time. In other words, the spirit of faith is not just necessary for you to get a Mercedes. The spirit of faith is necessary to do the will of God for your life. I believe and I speak even when it looks like I'm going the wrong direction. Go ahead and laugh about that. I said even when it looks like I'm going the wrong, because God, come on, my faith is in God. I said, my faith is in God. God's smarter than I am. God has ability I don't have. My faith is in God. I'm believing and speaking. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, there's something about believing and speaking the authority that you have as a believer and you don't have to be an apostle a prophet evangelist a pastor a teacher you don't have to be good looking you don't have to be skinny you better thank God for that I said you don't have to be skinny you don't have to be tall come on now you don't have to have a million dollars in the bank if you can believe and you can speak. Come on, if you can lift your voice. Amen? Now, let me just say this. I'm not going much longer, but listen. The first time I went into the to an airport to the men's restroom that had motion-activated water faucets. First time. First time. Don't act like you're smarter than I am, because this was a long time ago. 
first time I was in an airport and I went into the men's restroom and had motion-activated water faucets. First time. And I walk into the men's restroom and I'm like, I would like to wash my hands. So I walk over to the sink and I just stare at it. I'm like, somebody forgot to put a handle on this, I can tell you. I'm just, I'm just kind of staring at him like, I don't see no handle, see no button, come on. I don't. And so I looked under the sink, I thought, maybe there's a pedal or something you can push. I thought, man, the lowest bidder must have got this job. I mean, look at that. He left a handle off of it. So I just stood there for a minute, and I'm like, you know, I've been to college. You know, I graduated from college. I can figure this out. So I, and directly here comes another man. So he comes in. This other man comes in, and he walks over to the sink, waves his hand underneath the water faucet, and the water came out. When that happened, I went, wow. <laughs> That's an amazing guy right there, huh? <laughs> then he walks over to the paper towels and waves his hand. Paper towel comes out. I go, wow. He walks out. I walk over. I'm like, and the water came out. And I went, wow, I'm an amazing guy. <laughs> I walked over to the paper towels wave. Paper towel came out. And then I saw a sign on the wall that said, everything is motion activated. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, that don't make me special. That just means anybody that will make that motion, the water will come out. Come on. And sometimes you're looking at deliverance and victory and healing. You see the promises. And you're like, where is the handle on this thing? Somebody left the handle off of this. And God says, it's motion activated. The moment you act on the Word of God, come on, the water will come out. God watches His Word to perform His Word. The moment you act on the Word of God, God makes Himself responsible for your results. Until you act on the Word, you are responsible for your results. But the moment you act on the Word, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, now listen. Let me try to close with this here. Ha, ha, ha. So I'm learning about faith from, from Dad Hagen. I mean, he learned from Jesus. So I thought, so I was hearing him teach on faith when I got to be about 24 or something like that. I was in a meeting. He was teaching on faith. And so I was kind of sitting there with a little attitude like, uh, oh, this is good. I'm so glad these other people are here to hear this message. I know it's going to help them a lot. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I see your attitude right now. And that's keeping you from going forward in your faith. He said, now, if you'll humble yourself, I will show you things about faith that you have never seen before.
And I will take you places in receiving from God that you've never been before. So I repented. And he started teaching on faith. Same stuff I had heard over and over again. But while he was teaching on it, I went, aha, I never saw that. And I started making little adjustments. When I started making those little adjustments, whoo, mountains start moving. Amen. Mountains start moving. In other words, the Lord said to me, many people want a change of scenery. But I'm waiting for a change of sound. Because sound came before sight. In the beginning, God said, and then he saw. He said, and then he saw. Sound came before sight. Amen. Even... Come on, scientists now will tell you that when they take the atoms, take them to the speed of light in the super colliders, in the tunnels, then they'll break them apart into the smallest building block of all matter. And when we grew up, you had like an atom and you had the nucleus, a proton, neutron, electron, right? Whirling around, you know, proton, neutron, electron. A couple of croutons if you had a salad. But you had the... the, the, the model <laughs> you have to have fun in school right so they have, they have the model of an atom and now they have to change the model because they found something smaller and they call it a quark a quark and then they said there's something smaller than a quark that's in a quark and scientists first called it the god particle other scientists said, you cannot bring God into this. They got mad. They call it the God particle. But actually, what's in the quark is the smallest building block of all matter is sound. So you got a mountain, you're going to have to quark it. In other words, when you lift your voice, speaking is the initial act of faith. And when you lift your voice and you're speaking, come on. Now, so Dad Hagen said it this way. He said, now if you'll take the Ephesians 1 prayer and pray it every day and ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Because... Believing our faith comes from the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Or every breakthrough in faith comes from a breakthrough in revelation knowledge. Praise the Lord. All right. So here's Dad Hagen. He said he was on the bed of sickness and disease, and he had, what, seven incurable diseases. And he said he started reading Grandma's Methodist Bible, came along to Mark chapter 5, came along to Mark chapter 11, and he said he's believing, right? And he said, Lord, 
I'm believing, and I still have these seven incurable diseases. I do have faith, but I'm not receiving. And he said, you cannot tell me I don't have faith. And he said, he said, Lord, if you told me I don't have faith, if you told me I don't believe, I would say to you, dear Lord Jesus, you're not telling the truth about it because I do believe. And he said, and the Lord said to him, you do believe as far as you know. All right, let's try that again. You do believe as far as you know. In other words, you cannot believe beyond your personal knowledge of the Word of God. Because that's where faith comes from. So the Lord said, I'm going to show you some things in the Word that will cause you to believe on a higher level. Now, I know some people say, well, you can't grow in faith. They'll say, well, you just got faith, and you just got the faith, and you just got faith. But listen, if you can grow in revelation knowledge, you can grow in faith. So I've got this little book called How Stuff Works. You ever seen that book? How Stuff Works. And it tells you how diesel engine works, gas engine works, refrigerator works. Well, I was looking through it, and it said how an atomic bomb works. So I went right to that chapter. I thought, let me see. I'm not planning on making one, but I'm just saying I want to see how an atomic bomb, how it works. Would you like to know how an atomic bomb works? So I'm, I've got the papers, boy. I'm, I'm reading through it, how it works. And here's what they said. They said, you cannot make an atomic bomb out of just stuff laying around the house. They said, if you're going to make an atomic bomb or nuclear power, you're going to have to have the most common substance is uranium-235. Most common is uranium-235. And once you get that substance, uranium-235, then it must be enriched. And they said, and the reason uranium-235 is used for nuclear power is because it can be activated when you want to activate it. And then they said, and then when you activate it, the power that's in that nuclear bomb, that power in that, in that uranium-235 will be released in a picosecond. The word picos, P-I-C-O, I didn't even know how to spell it. I had to look it up in the dictionary. What is in the world is a picosecond? They said, a picosecond is one million of a millionth of a second. So the moment that uranium is enriched and activated in one million of a millionth of a second, tremendous power is available. So much power that it don't take a lot of uranium-235. Actually, one pound of uranium-235 has more power than a million gallons of gasoline. One pound, which is the size of a baseball, will run a nuclear submarine for 25 years. One pound. Y'all still here? This, imagine what Jesus is saying when he said, if you have faith, you don't need a whole lot of it. Just If you just got a little bit of this, Stuff called faith. 
He said, nothing will be impossible to you. He said, you say, well, what am I doing? He said, this is the same stuff we made the whole world out of. So that's why if I go preach in a foreign country, if they ever, if anybody in that country, come on, we're talking about uh, Pakistan or you're talking about um, uh, other countries we go to, and now you see North Korea, and they've started to develop it. So the only reason you even have to listen to somebody like that is because they have a nuclear bomb. Otherwise, you just ignore them. You say, well, you should have. But if they have a nuclear bomb. So you're not really that impressive when we look at you. But when you speak, why does the devil have to listen when you talk? Because you have nuclear bomb. So you don't have to be cute. You don't have to be that talented. When you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead, Come on, and the word of his power, and when you feed your faith on that word, when you speak, come on, you're not just trying to say a few confessions here. You're saying, Christ has redeemed me. Jesus is my Lord. And when you speak, it activates in a picosecond. I said in a million of a millionth of a second, things start changing in your mind, in your body, come on now, in your life, in a picosecond. Oh. People say, well, you ain't all that smart. You say, yeah, but I got nuclear bomb. <laughs> so you ain't even good looking, yeah, but I got nuclear bomb. In other words, I have the substance, come on, that created everything. I have the God kind of faith faith in God and the substance once it is enriched come on it's got to be enriched once it's enriched with the word and the Holy Ghost come on some of you have been messing with the mountains for 10 20 years but once this stuff is enriched in your life through the word of God the scenery is about to change in your life mountains got to move Woo! come on now when you open up the word of God the God kind of faith that Jesus said, whosoever. Amen. So, Dad Hagen said, the Lord told me, you believe as far as you know. He said, but I'm going to show you some stuff. How many believe that God can show you some stuff in the next 12 months that you just say? Praise the Lord. So I'm always fascinated with um, 1947, Chuck Yeager, first man to break the sound barrier. I'm fascinated. So I read the story about it. Chuck Yeager, man, he's still alive. We find a West Virginia airport named after him. And so what happened was they took this, trying to, you know, beat the Soviet Union, 
and trying to get to the moon for our whole weapon system. So they got to find a pilot that's willing to break the sound barrier, go 700 miles an hour. No one had ever done it before. And all the test pilots call it the great unknown. And they said anybody that ever goes over 700 miles an hour will disintegrate. They have no idea what's going to happen. If you go over 700 miles an hour, you break the sound barrier, they don't know what's going to happen. So Chuck Yeager, they developed a little rocket for him. He said, I'll do it. Other pilots wanted a big advance, you know, in money. He said, no, I'll do it. No problem. And so he had got into that rocket. They'd drop him out at 40,000 feet, you know. He'd take that rocket, take off, get up 600 miles an hour, 650, and that thing would start to rattle and shake, and it shakes so hard he'd have to come and land, and then they would make adjustments on the rocket, and when they made those adjustments on the rocket, then he would take off again, get up to 650, get up, and start to rattle, and so then they'd make some more adjustments, and then he took off. On the day he broke the sound barrier, he said he got up, Right up 690, fixing to go 700. And he said, today I'm going to break it. Things started shaking like that. He said, today I'm going to break it. And he went over. He was flying supersonic. And here's what he said. He said, they said, what was it like to fly supersonic? He said, uh, it was like sipping lemonade on the front porch. (laughs) What everyone else was afraid of. He said, because the real barrier was not in the sky. The real barrier was in our knowledge of supersonic flight. Praise the Lord. So what you think is your barrier. God said, I'm going to give you some revelation knowledge concerning your faith. And he said, and once you make that adjustment. Praise the Lord. I said, once you make that adjustment, what looks impossible to you will be like sipping lemonade on the front porch. Once you make that adjustment, come on now, because as you come up to breaking that barrier, everything's rattling and shaking. And the devil's telling you, you can't do that. Nobody in your family ever did that. How are you ever going to do that? You ain't going to be able to do that. Come on now. But you say, but today, come on. Now is the time. You say, well, why would he shake you and rattle you? Because some of you are at Mach 1 right now. Rattling and shaking. Why is he rattling you at Mach 1? Because once you break 700 miles an hour, it was no time he went Mach 2. Then he went Mach 3. Now they got rockets that go Mach 10. So the devil don't want you to break Mach 1 because if you ever break that barrier, he knows it ain't going to be long. You're going to be at Mach 2. So the adjustments that you're making in this time of your life concerning your faith in God and taking that faith serious and saying, God, I'm asking you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, the eyes of my understanding be in life and God will say let me show you 
how a picosecond can turn your whole life around. Let me show you. Uh-huh. Uh, come on the authority that you and I have as believers and if Jesus could do it for you he would have just said <laughs> he would have just said y'all shut up I'll do the talking around here <laughs> amen you can't even do it for your kids when your kids grow up, my kids, my grandkids, I said, I'm going to teach you on the power of your words and the power of the word of God. Because the day will come that I cannot get that for you. And Jesus was a teacher. Jesus didn't just come out and start doing miracles. He would teach so long, people would pass out if he didn't feed them. Come on, I'm not going to do that. I know y'all getting hungry. Some of you say, well, boy, that's long. I'm not coming back tomorrow night. Well, I won't be here anyhow, so I don't care whether you come back or not. So, so I asked the Lord, I said, why did you teach so long? Why did you teach so long? And here's what the Lord said to me. He said, because I was never working on the giving part of God. I was always working on the receiving part of man. Because you don't have to teach long to get God to give or heal. Because God's always giving and healing. So when Jesus was teaching, he didn't have to teach that long so God would do something. He taught that long so you and I could make the adjustments and we could receive from God. Come on now. I said, he taught that long so you and I would change our thinking, change our talking, and receive. Amen? Because there's no limit to God's giving except his creature's capacity to receive. All right, now, I'm, I'm flying home tonight in my own jet, so I don't have to wait on nobody. I'll be leaving. Pilots are got it cranked up, ready right now. Listen. So, before I ever got a jet, we got one jet, then we got another jet, Citation 3, which we were flying from uh, San Francisco to Louisiana at 670 miles an hour at 45,000 feet. Don't get mad. I did not get your jet. There's others available, so you should not get mad. So, see if we get mad. Preacher, I had no jet. I didn't get yours. Don't worry about it. Get your own. So, but before I ever got... Before I ever got a jet, somebody gave me $500 years ago, and they said, this is for your jet. So I laughed. I said, well, thank you very much. You know, I'm like, <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, so I was eating with Brother Copeland after one of Brother Hagin's meetings. We were having uh, dinner after the meeting, sitting across from Brother Copeland. So we were talking about aviation, so I made a joke about a jet. I said, you know, somebody just gave me you know, $500 for a jet. I said, you can't get windshield wiper. You can't get air in the tire. You, you can't get toilet paper for that. You can't get nothing for $500. <laughs> and I laughed. I went, ha, 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 
I, when I did, Brother Copeland sitting across from me, and he had a butter knife. <laughs> and he pointed a butter knife at me like that. And he said, don't you ever laugh about a jet again. And I went, he said, the Lord been trying to get a jet to you for five years, and you hadn't been able to receive it. And here's what he said. And if you'll change your thinking and your talking, that jet will come to you. Now, you know, a lot of people don't like to be corrected. They're like, well, who do you think you're talking to it in? <laughs> but if Jesus corrects you, you ought to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> he ain't just correcting you. He's uh, making adjustment. So you can receive. So I made an adjustment. Come on. All right. So I started getting my money together. You know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Had some money set aside. I was going to get me a jet. Well, I had some money set aside, you know. Went to Brother Hagin's meeting and they said, uh, you know, we need to get a jet for Dad Hagin. I went. So the Lord said, well, why don't you give him your jet money? And I went, well... How about just a little bit of it? So I gave him all of it. So then the devil said, now you are not ever going to get a jet. And that's the way I felt. I went, mm. But I knew God. And I went, ah. This just means I'm going to get a better jet than I could have gotten. Are y'all still here? So then I got one jet. Then when I got the next jet, I got on that jet and I went, whoa, man. I come from a little town with one traffic light, man. I got my own jet now. I couldn't even hardly say it before. You say, why are you saying that? Because there's some of you that will make some adjustments. And if you'll quit laughing about it and quit joking about it, the thing you've been believing for will come to you. Because you're no longer waiting on God. He's waiting on you. And the moment you make that adjustment, and further revelation is given to you. And the Lord gives you fresh light and fresh revelation. You make just a couple of adjustments. And then you open the door to the supernatural. Believing and speaking. And the scenery will change. And what you've been believing for for many years will come to you in the next 12 months. And you'll say, Lord. How did that happen? He'll say, because I showed you and taught you, and now in fresh revelation, it'll bring everything into a new light. That blessing will not just come to you, but it will come through you in ways you have never seen before. So you are entering into a new season and a new time. And the enemy has rattled you because you're at Mach 1. But you will break that barrier. You will break that barrier. You will break that barrier. 
And when you do, you're going to say, it's like sipping lemonade on the front porch, man. I thought that was going to be something that was so impossible, but God brought me right into that thing. <laughs> Stand up on your feet, glory to God. Woo, lift your hands up right now. Father God, we thank you. Ha, 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 Woo, glory. Glory to God. Come on, lift your voice. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, ha, 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 ha. Glory. Everybody say, we have the same spirit of faith. I have the same spirit of faith. I believe and I speak. I open the door to the supernatural and the power of God and the glory of God is working in my life. In a new dimension, in a new measure, and I laugh at impossibility. I have faith in God. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. I have faith in the name of Jesus. I have faith in the power of God. I have faith in the Spirit of God who lives in me. And I have faith in the Word of God. I will not be silent. I believe and I speak and I say to the mountain, you be removed. Get out of my way. In the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, you must be removed. And you will not come back. And there will be no evidence you were ever there. So I laugh. I believe. I speak. I receive God's best blessing. I will not be silent. In the morning, I lift my voice. In the evening, I lift my voice. I have authority in my voice. I will not be silent. I have a spirit of faith. I lift my voice. I boldly declare. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my helper. By the blood of Jesus. I am righteous. I am redeemed. I am blessed. I believe God. It shall be. As he told me. Now lift your voice and shout about it. Oh. Ah. Ha, ha. Glory. Glory.